Uh, so renew, training your kids to put God first in everything. One of the key things Ben's been talking about each week is a lot of times churches will beat people down and kind of browbeat them in a sense because there are sports that go on. There are different things that go on. And don't get us wrong. We need to make sure our relationship with God is great. But a lot of times we beat parents up for, for taking their kid to, to sporting event on a Sunday instead of being in the house of God. And the thing is, your kids can be missionaries right where they're at. If you're on a basketball court or you as a parent are taking them or maybe you're even a coach, you can be a witness while you're at that stuff. So we just want you to keep in mind, you know, we understand that, that people have stuff, and it's not very typical of churches to say this, but we understand events go on. We're not, we don't want to compete with anything, but what we do want to do is equip you as a parent or a guardian or a loved one, even if you don't have kids, I'm still, I'm still sure there are kids that, that, you, that you're a role model to, whether you think you are or not. So we want to be able to equip you on how to do that so that when they're in those situations, that maybe they're playing a game on a Sunday, that they're still able, hey, maybe you're having a Bible study in the car on the way to the game, or while they're on the court, they're able to witness to a kid about something. So the thing is, is not just saying, no, we're not going to do that. It's okay. We need to take Jesus everywhere possible. It's not going to change us necessarily, but that's how we spread stuff. So um, just a definition, Ben didn't send me a little bit of his notes, which I'm glad because I've only had really probably about 15 or 20 minutes total to actually try to put some stuff together. So uh, just some definitions of renew. Uh, to make like new, to restore to freshness, vigor, or, for or perfection as we renew our strength and sleep. Uh, to make new spiritually, to regenerate, to revive, to restore the existence. To make extensive changes in. Ouch, you know, first the year's coming up, it's time to get on, we've got to eat healthier, we're going to start, you watch, you will not be able to get into a gym for the first three weeks in January. And then after that, everybody's going to fall off the wagon, you say, well, that's not being positive, I just, you all know me, I'm honest. And I'll probably be the one of the ones that's in the gym for three weeks, and then you won't see me again. But um, to, to make fresh, to be, to be new, to rebuild, uh, to do again, to repeat, to begin again, to resume, to replace, replenish. Uh, to grant or obtain an extension or a renew of license. Who's ever forgot to renew your license? Yeah, I have. I told a story this morning. Um, I went to get cold and sinus medicine that had pseudoephedrine in it at Walmart. This has been like six or eight years ago. They asked to see my ID. We were in Middlesbrough, and she said, I can't sell this to you. And I was like, well, why not? Because it's not like I buy it all the time. And she said, oh, your license is expired. So um, just keep that in mind. They will not sell you stuff if your license is expired. And I looked down, and it had been expired for a month. We were on our way out of town, and Ben lied to me because he messes with me. It don't take much to get me fired up. But he told me, he said, well, if it's been more than 30 days, which it had, he goes, you're going to have to take your driver's test over. And I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I can do it again. I was nervous today. I get tore up like a can of kraut whenever I take tests. I can't do it. I took that real estate test uh, the other day, and it, I had to drive to Mount Sterling, and it was like a hundred and it was like 150-some questions. I had to sit there and take, and I was like, oh, my God. I was getting nervous, and I was like, and it don't tell you until you're done with all of it if you passed or not. And as soon as I seen pass, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I felt sorry for this girl because she'd been in there a lot longer than me, and she still wasn't <laughs> But I was getting out of there. But I was all tore up, and I was nervous. Um, I don't like to take tests. That's, that's not my thing. So he had me all tore up. So make sure you renew your license, among other things. All right. Um, to become nude, beginning to make a renewal. Um, so all kinds of stuff for new. So as, as we're starting, even though it's the end of the year, to prepare for the beginning of the year, we want to talk about renewal. We want to talk about things we can do different, things we can start fresh on, and specifically uh, training your kids. 
And this is the thing, don't ever think that, well, my kids are grown or they're already older teenagers, it's too late. It's never too late because you will always be an example for your kids in some form. So even, even if maybe your kids are they're seniors in high school or maybe they're even in their 20s or 30s, don't think that it's too late. You can still pray for them every day. You can still throw some little nuggets in there, not necessarily condemning them, but you can still give some training and some moments of grace and some moments of teaching in there and just pray and ask God, so don't think, well, it's too late for me. Or, you know, it's already a train wreck in slow motion. I can't stop it now. <laughs> you can already stop it. Uh, you can always stop it, always always change stuff, always do something, right? And like I said, our, script, our scripture uh, has been uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 5. I'm going to read uh, from the New Living Translation. I know that we've heard this a bunch. I might read it two or three times a day, so... And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Mm. Look to your neighbor and say, you ain't all that. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> some of you really want to say that, I can tell. But guys, some, some, I mean, it's good to have self-confidence, but Paul's telling us here, he's like, look, don't, don't think that you're more than what you are because we're nothing but dust. If it weren't for God's grace, we wouldn't be anything. So Paul's just sending a reminder, look, um, don't conform to the world. You're in the world. Have faith, have grace, love people, live life. And he goes on to say, uh, be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a spe special function, so does with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. All right? So there are all kinds of the saying it takes a village. It really does. Um, some people can sing, some people can't. Well, because usually you're always, you always sing really loud. <laughs> I just, yeah, Elizabeth went caroling last year. And I know I'm not perfect because my voice is cracking, especially even worse since I've had all this problem. But some people can sing, some people can't. Some people can get up in front of people and speak, and some people, you want, they don't want to do that. Uh, some people are really good at cleaning. Others are not. Don't make any eye contact with anybody, all right, because I don't want. <laughs> uh, it takes a village. It takes people that know how to drywall, that know how to change light bulbs or, or light switches, who know how to. Brandon, he, he come up here. I didn't even have to mess with it. He um, fixed the wax ring on the toilet. Thank God for that, because usually I get stuck doing that stuff because Ben works in Ashland. So thank you, Brandon. It takes everybody. There are people that come clean the church, and some people don't need to clean nothing because they, they need to start at their own house before they come to church. <laughs> yeah, well, come on, laugh, guys. It's okay. We're, we're having fun. But it takes a village. It takes all kinds. There are some people that can cut grass. Some people are allergic and can't do that stuff. So we, Paul's saying, look, don't conform to the world. We're here, but God's given us a purpose. He's, given, he's got a will for our lives. Have faith in him. Trust him. Pray about what it is. And the same thing with your kids. You may say, I don't know how in the world the first thing to train my kids. I don't know what to teach them in. I don't know what to tell them. It's just, you know, one of those that you feel like you're a failure a lot of times and you're not. The devil wants to make you feel that way because he don't want you to train your kids up in the way they should go. And he don't want you to speak purpose into their lives. And he don't want you to speak good things in their life and greatness and all this stuff because he just wants them to think that they're a failure just like 
the parents are because that's what the devil does. He makes us feel like we're this big and we're horrible, and that's not the case. We're king's kids. God's called us to greater purposes. He has a plan for lives. My favorite scripture, and Donna um, did a vinyl cut for me a few years ago, but it's in the office at our house above my desk, and it's Romans 8, 28. Just summed it up. There's going to be some bad stuff that happened in our lives. But God can take anything if we'll allow him and make something good of it. It, it, Now, people say this all the time, where everything happens for a reason. That is not scriptural. Don't say that. That's not biblical. The Bible says for everything there is a season, but it doesn't say that everything happens for a reason. So when these bad things do come in your life, when these trials and these things, these problems that Paul's telling us we're going to face, give it to God, as hard as that is. Let him take something, and he's going to make it to the good some way, shape, form, fashion. I know, I know that, I believe that, I've seen that happen in my life and in the life of several others. So as we're training up our kids, let's talk about some fun stuff. Who likes fun stuff? Let's talk about uh, Little League games and uh, and uh, basketball games. Sometimes, you know, um, parents, they can, maybe they were a really good athlete and they want their kids to live up to be this, they expect their kids to be the same that they were. They want their kids to be a star, or they even want them to be better than them. Or, you know, there's also some, and this isn't all parents, and then sometimes there's parents that, that they want, that they were horrible at sports. <laughs> they, they couldn't even drill a ball, and they got the, their kid, and they're like, oh, they're going to be Michael Jordan, which it's awesome to have dreams, but sometimes we can put those expectations on the kids, and then they're not happy. They're miserable. So, um, as anybody, I always like going to the, uh, the basketball games at the, uh, the youth service center started doing a couple years ago. They have a Saturday league. It only goes like four to six weeks. They got these different sponsors. It's kind of like little league for baseball, except it's a shorter season. And whenever you go down there, some of those kids are like five years old and they're playing bad. It's like herding cats. I mean, the ball goes, and then it's like they're all that way, and then they're all that way, and they're shooting at the wrong goals. And and there are some parents in the stands that get so tore up. I'm just going to be honest. They act like belligerent idiots. I mean, just, just being honest, I've seen people get into fights with coaches. I've seen parents get in fights with other parents. Sometimes you'll see it on the news where there was like a middle or high school game somewhere in the U.S. and they've gotten a fight somewhere. It happens in kids' games, too. And the thing is, love your kid and let the coach teach them as much as they can and just trust them and be there for them in a positive sense because it's real hard. You'll have like, I know the T-ball They've got they got a head coach and then they got assistant coach and then you got like thirty coaches that sit on the other side of the fence in the bleachers, and I've seen people get fighting mad. So one way that we can train our kids up is to let them know that hey, it's okay to mess up, just try harder the next time. You know we're here to have fun. So keep it keeping that in mind and and just letting your kids live life and and just and just have fun when they're young and in those ages. And I told a story on my dad. I'm gonna tell it again. Um, when I was in fifth grade, um, all our ball games for uh, Russell schools was at the old uh, Russell Central School in downtown Russell. And um, I just thought it was so cool because they had a full-size gym and they had bleachers because it used to be high school back in the day and all this. And um, I remember Dad was at a game and uh, embarrassed me to death because, I mean, you guys know my dad's real quiet, right? Yeah. He's not. He yells at church because he's excited and that's good. He yells at um he yells at home when he's watching UK play and they're not playing real well. Um, he just always yells. And while he was at this game, I remember Dad Dad got a little heated in a call, and I remember the ref looking at him and was like, "Look, you can either sit down and shut up or get out of here." 
And I was thinking, oh, that's my dad. Race, I'm sure that's never happened to you, right? No, never happened to Teddy. Well, you don't have to say anything. It's all right. But but sometimes it's so it's so easy just to get sucked into that and forget that it's about the kids and it's about loving them and, and giving them a chance to grow. And, and the thing that I like about elementary sports, there's a lot of kids that play those. They're not going to get a chance anywhere else in life to play a sport. Um, they're not going to make a middle school team. They're not going to make a high school team. So they get that sense of connection. They feel like they're a part. And one thing that just always hits home is you are training your kids. I know that everybody thinks your kids are totally perfect, but let me, they're not. And, 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 if you don't, and if you don't believe me, I, will, I work in every school in Lewis County. <laughs> I can get you some dirt on any, on any of them, okay? But a lot of times people are like, oh, my baby wouldn't ever do that. And I'm thinking, you should have heard your baby's mouth whenever, you know, this and this happened. And I don't ever say anything, but just keep in mind that your kids aren't perfect. You love them, you want them to be, but especially with all this stuff with bullying that's going on. Um, ben mentioned last week there was an eighth grader in Middlesbrough. That's where we used to pasture. I didn't have the kid because we, he was too young um, whenever I was working in schools down there. But he committed suicide, eighth grade, because of bullying. And uh, people are always like, well, the school needs to do more. And the school, the school probably does need to do more on some level. I'm not going to lie, but it starts at home. And the thing is, including your kids and making sure that they include others. That's one of the biggest things. Whenever you're playing sports, if there's a kid that's not really that good, and especially if their home life's horrible, have your kid a way that they can minister whenever they're at a ball game on a Sunday is loving that kid and encouraging him. That's the kind of qualities you can instill in your kids, but this is the thing. If you want your kid to do that to others, you've got to be doing that to your kid. Because it's a whole, it's not, you know, people always say, well, do as I say, not as I do. That, <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that, and a lot of people believe that, and that's not the way that it works. So instill those qualities where they include everybody, where they love everybody. Um, so we'll talk about some... Um, some you know life applicable stuff that that you can do to actually help with your kids with that but i just want to kind of rewind real quick um going way back in time when jesus was a young boy okay he was 12 years old his parents they're with hundreds of thousands of other people paying taxes getting sense to doing all this stuff they got to go back to their homeland well on the way back and hundreds of thousands of people jesus goes missing he's missing for three days so by the time they get out and then have to return and go all the way back to the town, they go back. He's in the temple teaching at 12 years old. And um, kind of bite your tongue, because I know some of your parents, if, if, if your parents, like if the kids said this to you, you would want to pop their little head off. But remember, Mary and Joseph, they were still parents, but they were parents to God, <laughs> the Son of God. Okay, so I'm going to read real quick uh, Luke chapter 2, 49 through 52. This Bible's a different mother. There it is. Um, so Jesus is asking him, but why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be, about my, must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, and his mother stored all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. All right, so, so they're like, Jesus, I mean, can you imagine that? Jesus, what do you think you're doing? I mean, can you imagine just saying that to Jesus? Jesus, what do you think you're doing? And he's like, look, 
he could, they didn't understand and even said they didn't understand what he meant. But the thing is that he was called by God for a purpose, so that was what he was meant to be doing. But the thing is, even even a kid at 12 years old, your kid ain't Jesus, but there are still some things that they can do in their life that can help you grow as an adult. You may not understand it, but kids say some pretty profound things sometimes. And sometimes it might even convict you for a way that you've acted. to be like, oh, well, I guess I'm right. You kind of hate to admit it, but I don't know if anybody... I just thought of this, but if people have issues a lot of times with, with people in their family, and then you get in the car, and then you say something sarcastic, and the kid's like, well, that's not very Christian, or and it's kind of just like, oh, gosh, they're right. You know, that kids say some smart stuff, and they've got a lot of sense, so sometimes we just have to listen to them and learn from them and grow from them. It's a journey. It's not a thing that once you reach adulthood, <laughs> you automatically um, know everything. In fact, I don't know what it is, but I've found that between like the gap of 18 and maybe 25, it's like this increased sense of stupidity comes on a person where they think they know everything because they have arrived. And um, as they kind of start getting out and paying bills and maybe even get married or get some more responsibilities, it's kind of like, oh, man, my parents knew what they were talking about all along. But usually, yeah, between – and sometimes they kind of start that in preteen ages, um, but after they're graduated, it's like I've arrived. It's kind of like the – you know, they got their hand on their head, their chest is puffed out, they're ready to take on the world. I'm sure no one in here has ever dealt with that, though, so we'll move on. But um, so, some practical ways, um, if you want to train your kids up here at Bethesda, we have five core values at this campus. They are back on the chalkboard. Rachel uh, drew that for us whenever we first came here just because we want people to know, so uh, they're back there. But we'll talk about because um, a lot of people are like, well, I don't know what to say with my kids, I don't know what to do. Just simple things as praying over them in the morning. It don't have to be a long prayer. And um, even just like doing some kind of a short Bible study with them. I mean, you might say, well, they can do that at church. But I'm telling you, whenever you do it with your kid as a parent, it means a lot more. My parents, they had, um, we had used to read Bible, uh, Bible scriptures together. And so I had one of those precious moments Bible that had the drawing, you know, the, the big head with the big eyes, the kids in the pictures. And I had a little Bible story all throughout. And it was, you know, real cute. But reading through some of that, and there are a lot of apps out there. Uh, the Bible has an app. They've got different reading plans, and it only take a few minutes. Doing stuff like that with your kids make a difference. You might say, they don't, they don't want to do it with me. Let me tell you something. You tell them to sit down there and listen if they don't want to say nothing else. <laughs> because I'm telling you, the stuff that you instill in your kids, you may think, well, I don't want to make him mad. Well, let me just put it this way. You're planting seeds right now. Those seeds are going to have an effect whether your child makes it to heaven or hell. So put it in that perspective. And you might say, well, gosh, that's harsh. But God God gifted you with a child. Part of the responsibility of having that child is to raise them up in church and raise them up in scriptures. And like I said, don't think that, well, man, I messed I just got into church and I'm, you know, I'm 60 years old. My kids are all grown and don't live around here. It is never too late to start making a difference. My parents, they drug me to church. Uh, Sunday morning we had church. And that's, we had Sunday school and church, so it was really long. Sunday night, we had church. Wednesday night, we had church. And then Thursday nights, my dad was a youth leader, so I was there then. It was like I lived there. I should have just had a cot set up in the back or something. I had toothbrushes in the, ba- you know, in the bathroom so I could just get ready at church because we were there so much. And I'm not going to lie, at the time, I was like, I do not want to go to church. I'm so tired. All we do is church, 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 church. But I'm thankful now that my parents did that because they were just doing what God had had gave them, gave them the responsibility to do. And there were seeds that were planted all along that journey where I grew. 
And just like it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and a favor with God and man in like 2.52. That's the same way that as you're planting these seeds and just these little scriptures and these little prayers all through your kid's life, man, you can do great things. Just all these motivational things paired with God's word, it will make a difference. And even if, even if they do grow up and they depart from it, they're still, that's in their mind. They still know right from wrong. And they still remember when mom or dad told this or whenever they were a little kid and they were in a Christmas play at church one night. That kind of stuff instills. You don't forget that kind of stuff. So um, as far as our five core values, uh, missions-minded, that's one of our core values. And I say, well, if my kid's at a sporting event or if they're at this or that, how in the world are we supposed to talk about missionaries? Well, the thing is, your kid and you and me, we're all missionaries. Once we say, okay, God, forgive me my sins, I want to I live for you, help me to do the things you want to do, you're, you're a missionary right there. It's a great commission. Go make disciples. It's your job and my job to go and do the same for others. So, you're at a ball game. That's a mission field. And whenever you're training your kid to be kind to others and be, a, be, a, be an example to each other, and maybe they even know the kid enough, it may be one of the things, those things where they stay the night at your house. Well, if you stay the night at your house, you got to go to church with them. That kind of stuff. We're all in a mission field right now. So even just, just training your kid to look for those moments and be intentional, be kind to others, let others know about Jesus in some way. And they don't have to be out on the court with the, with the Bible in their hand, you know, yelling scriptures. But they can still do something, and they'll learn to look for that stuff whenever they see their parents doing that stuff. So uh, missions minded. Remember, we're all missionaries. And I told them this morning at Vanceburg, sometimes we always say the mission field's out there. Sometimes the mission field's in here because sometimes we all need a little more Jesus, right? <laughs> so the mission field's everywhere. So training your kid just to love others, to be an example. Uh, Community-oriented. Get your kid involved in some things. Uh, there are food pantries. Uh, I'm actually going down to Tullsboro uh, Friday morning for a few hours. They give out uh, food. It's every third Friday of the month. But this, this month is the Christmas baskets. It's for Lewis County residents. Go down there and, and help. I mean, that, that's a friendly, safe zone where they'll have something for your kid to, to pass out. I will tell you, they do have inmates down there. that They're loading groceries, but um, they're, in a, they're in a separate part, and we all get along. And and there's supervisors there, but there's something for your kid to do at something like that. Um, just volunteering at different things in the community. A lot of times, you know, kids don't really know what's going on, which we don't want to, I understand, overexposure, but sometimes they don't even realize that, that what's going on is actually a problem in Lewis County. Sometimes, sometimes adults don't even realize. Now, I'll, I'll tell you something. I was talking to somebody the other day. I know that there's like a couple homeless people in Lewis County. I mean, just not a bunch, but somebody was speaking with me the other day. There are a lot of people that live in their car, that's all they got, down in parking lots in Vanceburg. That didn't surprise me, really, but I didn't know that. I was like, huh. So now I'm thinking, is there something more that we can do to minister that because a lot of times we kind of just get in a shell yeah this is lewis county but there's a lot more homeless people around here than what i thought and so i'm not saying put your kid in a dangerous situation but if there are community events if there are things like quarter auctions they need help volunteering for for runners and delivery and stuff like that if there's food pantry stuff going on um if there are things at the angel tree or food drives at schools they took up all all kinds of canned food to do thanksgiving and christmas baskets Get them involved in something like that. Let them know, but guess what? They got to see you do it. It's not a drop them off of the dirt or <laughs> shove them out the door and then, 
you know, back to the house for two hours until you're ready to come back and get them. It's a hands-on thing. Cindy, you act like you did it to Michelle one time or something. <laughs> well, apparently you didn't stay long enough. <clears throat> no, I'm just playing. But, you know, it, it's a hands-on thing. Uh, guest friendly, that's, our, that's another one of our core values, is being friendly to each other. Um, <laughs> and a lot of times, like this week, I'm kind of bringing the focus back to parents somewhat because we got to train our kids. Kids, watch. How many of you have ever been in a grocery store or somewhere and you see somebody coming and you go down the other aisle? Some of y'all are lying. Elizabeth, okay, well, let me put it this way. If you're not the one avoiding, then that you're being avoided. So, yeah, they're avoiding you, so there you go. So that, that's all of us then, right? So if you've never had that happen, then that means nobody likes you and they're all running from you. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, <coughs> I'm glad I've made it this long without having a coughing fit. Um, but, but kids watch for stuff. If we're not friendly, we need to be friendly whenever they are at ball games, whenever they're at school events, anything we do. But that is a trait and a quality and something you can train your kid to do. Always say hi to people. And I'm going to be honest, whenever um, you're in any kind of leadership position, you're going to make people mad. Now, I'm not going to lie, sometimes it has been my fault a few times. I mean, I'm being serious with you. But there's been a lot of times it's just been plain old devil and he just wants to destroy stuff and make things bad. And I'm, there's some people that I don't want to talk to. <laughs> I'm like, dear God, I'll just smile. How are you? And, and, and it's kind of one of those. And I try to be positive about it. But, guys, I'm just being real with you. Your kids notice stuff when you don't want to talk to people or, or you're not friendly. Um, whenever we pastored in Middlesbrough, the church would seat 300 people. It was a massive church. It was booming back in the late 80s or early 90s and this. Like a lot of times, church splits happen and things. But had like a bunch of pews here and there, and there is laid out um, three ways. Well, out of all these, and when we went down there, there were only like eight people and 300. That's just what the church had dwindled to, so we moved down there. And um, there was this woman, she sat where Jason sits, and uh, that was her seat. And she was hateful about it. And I was like, oh, I wish she wouldn't be like that because I don't, we just don't do that here. I mean, yeah, Ryan, you don't want anybody in your seat. Get over it. I don't care if your birthday is coming up. But um, my dad, uh, they had all, both our families had come down. We were getting installed just to kind of support us as pastors. Well, Dad, guess where he sits out of 300 seats? <laughs> right, right there where Jason's sitting now. So then I'm like, oh, dear God, she's going to come in, and, which I wasn't, didn't really care because it's my dad. And I was like, well, if he, she tells him to move, whatever. She comes up, and she hovers over him, and... Uh, He's like, hi, how are you? And she goes, you're in my seat. And no lie, Dad looks around. And he's like, he goes, well, there's a couple hundred in here to pick from, so we probably ought to grab one of these. <laughs> he just turned back around, which it didn't offend me at all. But I was like, well, I'm glad somebody told her. Because guess what? God don't care about where you sit. And if you're going to upset somebody to where they never come to church again because they're in your seat, go find somewhere else to go. Go live under a bridge or something. Because I know that's harsh, but... Think about that one simple word and not being that guest friendly like that. You can turn somebody off to church just like that. I've seen it happen. When I was a kid, I grew up in a, um, I'm thankful for what I grew up in for my church, but uh, you had to wear a dress all the time. Dress, pantyhose, all that junk. And um, I, I don't like dresses now um, because of that. I wore one on my wedding and 
You might see me in one at somebody else's wedding, but typically I don't wear them, and I'll, I'll never forget it. I had a woman come up to me one time, and it was somebody that I knew real well, and, and I wore a dress to church, and we had a dinner while I changed into clothes because we always went outside and played and stuff with all the kids, and she said, well, you're a little bit old to be wearing a dress or to be wearing pants in church, and that really hurt my feelings. I mean, it wasn't like I could go find another church, though, because I was like 12 years old, and I had to go with my mom and dad <laughs> wherever they went. But stuff like that, we're not being guest-friendly. So when kids see you do something like that, they're not going to have a warm and, and reaching-out hand. So they can do that stuff anywhere, in ball games, at school, anything. They can be guest-friendly. And what was funny is the woman that I was talking about earlier, about the seat, um, <laughs> we were at Bible study one night, and she goes, we were talking, Ben was talking about being friendly and stuff, and this is exactly how she said it. She goes, well, I don't hardly have any friends, and I show myself friendly. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I was thinking, dear Lord, I got a hundred reasons. But I was just thinking, hmm, I can't imagine. I don't know. I just shoved food in my mouth, I think, so I wouldn't have to talk. But, um, you know, we got to be guest friendly. That's another way. Uh, discipleship motivated. I kind of hit on that just a little bit ago. That's, when, that's number uh, four. These aren't really in a certain order, but that's, that's, one, of the, that's you know, one of the five. But discipleship motivated. Train your kids that, that if you're having Bible studies with them, if you're not, not a big deal. Start trying to squeeze it in at some point in time, whether it's maybe like a two, two or just a couple-minute thing before your meal in the evenings or something. But uh, motivate your kids to train others, to help win others to Christ. That there are places where they can, they can maybe give, it, give a scripture or something or maybe start doing a prayer before a ball game, volunteer to do that kind of stuff. That you're you're training them up to be like Jesus is what we're doing. Okay, so if we're disciples, we're going to be Christ-like. So we're going to pray. We're going to be kind to others even when nobody's looking. Uh, the last one, worship freely. Uh, we talked about some people could sing and some people couldn't. I'm not going to look up this time because she called me out. Um, I did it anyway. <laughs> you said, why are you looking at me? Um, so uh, worship is not just singing. Okay, if you want to live a life of worship, that's talking about living a life that's pleasing to God. Okay, just plain and simple. If, if you live a life of worship, your life's pleasing to God. Um, church will not save you from hell, but I think it's a good thing. I really think you need to come because it says, forsake not the assemblings of yourself when you come together. And two, a woman put it like this. Um, what was it they said? It's kind of like a, you know, parachute. Sure helps to have one on. Jumping out of a plane, kind of like church. It's sure, sure gonna it's sure gonna make a big difference, I think, because you're around other believers. You're getting fed. You're growing off each other. You're loving on each other. You've got a support system, and that's the thing in church. You want to you want to get close and make friends with people so you can text somebody or shoot a message. And be like, hey man, I'm really struggling this week. Can you pray with me about this? Or my job's bothering me. Or this is going on. That kind of stuff. So when we're worshiping freely, we're living a life that's pleasing to God. So it's not just it's not just singing. It's not just coming and cleaning the church. It's not just paying tithes. That is important. We've got to keep the light on and keep the heat bills coming. It's not just, it's everything. It's living a life that pleases God, and we're doing that together. So it, make sure your kids know that. Let them know that, that, you know what, it's okay to sing loud during worship, or it's okay to lift your hands and, sh and show surrender to God. It's okay. It's okay to put money in the offering plate even when sometimes, especially the Christmas season, you may not have it. I mean, you know, it's okay to do that stuff. And it, we want to train our kids up and let them know that, that, that it's all about we need to live a life that's pleasing to God. We need to worship. And I'll tell a story, and then we'll end here soon. But, um, Sandy, I know you won't care. I, I told them who you were at the 
at the Vanceburg campus, and we know who you are here. Um, but Cindy, we um, uh, we've not known each other very long. I know she was a bus driver. She's kind of my hero. She's why I'm a bus driver. Her and Teddy. <laughs> but but Cindy, we started kayaking, and God just kind of formed a relationship um, about a year and a half ago. She started coming to church, get saved, and I'll never forget. Ben told me he had preached, and he said Cindy raised her hand, and I was just like, man, that's awesome, because it's nothing because of me, but but I played a part in that, and I'm thankful that God let me. But I don't look around a lot when I play and sing because I get really distracted <laughs> and I lose where I'm at. But I remember looking up. Um, it was last week or the week before, but I looked up and looked back at Cindy, and she was just singing, had both her hands raised, and um, just just worshiping God. And and like I said, you can sing with your eyes closed. You don't have to do all that. But the thing is, when we let God have all of who we are, and don't worry about what our neighbor thinks, or maybe you've, you've had a bad day, or maybe you're like me and Ben sometimes, and you get in a fight on the way to church. Don't act like that never happens with you all. Sometimes I just tell Ben, I said, don't talk to me on the way to church because I don't want to get in an argument. It's like, don't talk to me. But, but just seeing that, you know, hey, I, I feel that much freedom that I can raise my hands or that I can lift my voice or that I can come down and clean the church or that I want to be involved in outreaches or go shop for Angel Tree or anything else, you know, like that. Letting your kids know that it's okay to just do that and just to live a life that's pleasing God because if, if you're doing that at home with them and in front of them, whenever they're at these events, the, the church isn't trying to compete with them. But we just want to prepare so that when they go in there, they have, they're strong, they're steadfast, they have a strong faith. They don't get swept away by old, you know, Billy Bob that's, that's playing basketball that's a thug. Because your kid has been trained up to know right and wrong and how to love people and how to be an example. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, I've just got two short scriptures to read. Matthew chapter... 18. I had my marked in my other Bible. I got in a hurry to try to get here, and I left it at the stand. It's a good thing Ben had my other 20 Bibles here at the church. But uh, Matthew 18, 2 through 4, and it's just talking about Jesus wants us to be like children. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Just plain and simple. Just just believe it. And anybody, Tanya, has your kids ever asked you why about a hundred times? It drives you nuts. But this is the thing. God wants us, even as adults, to be like that. God, why? You want to know more. Because the thing is, when we get adults, we think that we've arrived and we know it all. Well, I know a little bit of Bible or I know this and that. I know enough to make me feel good about myself. But the thing is, God wants us to be like a child and always be inquisitive, always ask questions, always want to know more, and draw closer. You know, like when your kid's little and they want to give you cuddles, and you're thinking, man, I better enjoy this because once they get old, it's not going to happen. God wants, oh, good Lord. God wants us to be this. That's my mom. God wants us to be the same way and just love on him and learn from him and just be innocent sometimes. And a lot of times we get so wrapped up in everything that's going on, we forget why we're here which ultimately it's to know Christ and make him known. And in that process, you're training your kids up to be mission-minded. You're training them up to be community-oriented. You're training them up to love people that sometimes are unlovable. You're training them up to make the right decisions. And you know what? Sometimes they're not going to. You love them still 
and you keep praying for them and you help them to grow and train them through that process so that when they're parents, they can do the same for their kids and it's a cycle. It's just, man, don't ever think that, that it's too late. You can, always, you can always come to Christ. I don't care if, if you're 99 years old and you're on a deathbed. You say that one prayer, you're good. And don't ever think that my kids are too old. I've messed up. My life has been such a train wreck. I'll never be able to be a light to them. It is never too late with God. All things are possible. God can always use you or me. I don't care what kind of shambles your life has been, what kind of childhood you had, what kind of hell that you went through. God can use anything if you will just give that to him. God, I can't do this anymore. God, take it from me. Help me to do what's right. Help me to love others. Help me to be a light for you. And help me to train my kids to do the same way. So, guys, stand your feet with me. <clears throat> Please. Like I said, I'm not, I'm just, I just want to share something. And Ben, he's had us pray the, uh, the same prayer just for the last, um, last couple weeks that David prayed. Um, in Psalms and it was after it was after he'd had the affair with Bathsheba and he'd had her husband killed and he had done all these horrible things and he just cried out to God and said God created me a clean heart forgive my failures forgive my shortcomings forgive every fault that I've ever committed God just forgive me and make something new in me renew me so I just want you to bow your heads this morning this is from Psalm 51, verse 10. I just want you to repeat this after me and let it be your cry. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And while your heads are bowed, I just, if there's anyone in here, you think that, man, I just, I need some energy, I need to renew a relationship with my kids. I need some guidance from God. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm a failure. Or, or maybe things are going good, but you just want to do more. If that's you and you just need a renewing or refreshing so you, that you can pour into your kids, just slip your hand up real quick. I'm not going to call you out. There's hands everywhere. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. I see your hands. Don't ever think... that you are so horrible that God can't do something great for you, through you, from you, to you, to your family. Don't ever think that while your heads are bowed. Just don't keep your eyes closed. No looking around, please. Don't ever, ever let the devil tell you that you will not be good enough. Ever. I don't care what your past has been. I don't care what the thoughts are on your mind right now. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that you are not created for greatness because God has a call on your life. He has a purpose for your life. And he will use you to display that in your kid's life more than you could ever imagine, through your grandkids' life more than you could ever imagine, through your niece, through your nephew, through the kids you come into contact maybe with your job. God can use anything. And I think that he loves even more so to use things that are broken. So I'm just going to pray for you. I love you guys. But don't ever let the enemy tell you that you're not good enough and that you're not good enough to have kids and and they're going to, because you did this, this is going to happen to them. God can break any kind of curse 
or any kind of evil thought. And he can use your life to show Jesus to them. Father God, I just thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this group of people that are here, Father. God, I thank you for loving us when we're unlovable. God, I thank you for using us when we think that we don't have anything to offer anyone or anything to give, Father. God, I pray that you would just give those in here, God, confidence, Father. God, that you would give them a renewed strength. God, that you would just rise up within them and let them know that calling that you have placed on their life, Father. God is so great, we can't even imagine it, we can't even fathom it right now. And Lord, I just worship you, Father, for who you are. God, I'm grateful for the things that you have done in my life, Father God, but I just worship you, God, for who you are, Father. That you are the King of kings, that you're the Lord of lords, God, that you take broken things and make them whole. And guys, I just feel, I don't, I don't cry a lot, but I just feel so strong. While your heads are still bowed, if there's anyone in here this morning that uh, you've been on the fence and you're not sure about giving your life to Christ or you've maybe just... You feel okay, but you just want something else. Just, just slip your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you just want to make that commitment. I see that hand. Thank you. Today is a day for new beginnings. Does that mean everything's going to be perfect? No. But I'm going to have you all repeat after me because I don't know about you, but sometimes we all <laughs> need to ask for forgiveness. It may not be okay. So just repeat this after me, and then we'll close. Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my sins, my failures, my faults, and my shortcomings. I ask you to help me to live a life that's pleasing to you and to help bring others to you. starts today God we just love you Father God thank you for this awesome time together God I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of the people at Bethesda Father I thank you that you can even use something imperfect like me Father and I consider it worthy God to even speak from your word God I thank you for the salvation today Father God, I pray that you'd help us to come together as a body of believers at Bethesda, God. That we would build up, we would support, God. We wouldn't tear down, that we would love, God. That we would train, that we would be a family, God, like the church is supposed to be. I pray for protection as we leave this place today, God. Protection for Christmas carrying the night. I pray that, pray that seeds are planted through that this evening, Father God. We have a great time. Thank you for the Christmas program that's coming up. I am so stoked. God, I thank you for loving us, Father God. I'm just showing up with your presence this morning, God. I love you. I thank you, Father. In your name we pray and ask all these things. Amen.